Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecast, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty, by the Senior Housing Group. If you're looking to develop or buy or sell senior housing properties, give us a call at 404-876-1640. Let's get into it. And today our discussion is senior housing. And I think senior housing is really interesting to a lot of people out there. Uh, one, you know, we're all going to be old one day if we're not already, right? Uh, and also we care about our uh, senior citizens, right? Plus we've had this awful COVID crap and that really impacted senior housing in a, in a, in a big way. Um, but what's happening now? You know, what's happening with values? What's happening with occupancy? What's happening with, with margins and rents? Uh, so we'll find out. Uh, please welcome my guest. It's Beth Mason. She's with the National Investment Center Senior Housing Care. With uh, We kind of refer to in the business as Nick. Beth, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm happy to be here. And for all you senior housing people who just love it or in it all the time, uh, Nick, Beth has, a, has her own podcast too. Beth, how can they find that? I do. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, just go to our website, www.nicknic.org. And you'll see access to the podcast as well as lots of other really great information on the industry and all for free. That's, that's excellent. Well, Beth, first of all, if we can uh, get to just really how are things performing and to put it in perspective, how are these properties performing for the most part when you look at them overall uh, around the U.S. compared to kind of pre-pandemic, pandemic, and, and then now? Sure. So, you know, the pandemic, really, when we look at it, we think back to March of 2020, which seems so long ago now, but that's when we first um, saw it rear its head. And it has had a pretty significant impact on the senior housing industry in terms of almost every measurement that you look at. For occupancy, for senior housing, we saw a, drip, a drop of um, almost 10 percentage points in overall senior housing occupancy that started at 87.2% pre-COVID, or the first quarter of 2020, and it fell to 78%, or that was like a 9.2 percentage point decline. Since then, we have seen some recovery, which is great. We saw the strongest half of the year in the late half of 2021, which really supported demand, which helped to boost occupancy. But we're still about 6.7 percentage points below that pre-pandemic level. And what happened, um, among the things that happened, a lot of move-ins were curtailed during the early months of the pandemic, and some of that happened because operators themselves chose to not bring in new residents because they didn't want to risk that they could get ill. And then there were also different levels of government uh, mandatory shutdowns in terms of move-ins. So that has a, had a pretty big impact in terms of the occupancy rate. And we're seeing a difference in terms of whether it was an assisted living or independent living. For your audience, if they don't recall, um, assisted living is where you live in a senior housing property where you have a lot of help with what we call activities of daily living. So that might be help with medication management or showering or dressing. And then um, for uh, people who are, have less acuity or less need, independent living, that's more just providing you the housing and the meals and the socialization for that. 
we saw a larger drop in occupancy for assisted living than we did for independent living, largely because assisted living residents tend to be a little bit more frail. And so they were a little bit more impacted by the COVID because, of course, that affected the most frail seniors. Interesting. Well, Beth, um, it seems like some people I talk to out there that are not in the industry um, think that senior housing industry overall kind of took a hit uh, in its reputation based on what happened with through uh, COVID. But personally, um, I have the opposite uh, feeling. It, f- it seems to me like it's been, you know, it, it, there's, it should be a better reputation. I know my mom is, is in senior housing and um, I was so excited and happy that she was there during COVID and they, they were wonderful about protecting them. And I think if she'd have been at home with people in and out of her home, it would have been terrible. Overall, what, what are you really seeing out there for reputation? Yeah, I think the, I think that's a pretty, pretty big issue, honestly. But we did a study with the NORC at the University of Chicago um, about a year ago that really tried to distinguish the differences of what happened within skilled nursing properties and senior housing properties. And for those who don't know the differences, they're, they're a pretty big difference. A nursing care property is where you go when you're pretty sick. You need nursing care. Um, so you might be on some type of an IV or you need pretty close to around the clock type care. And that in those individuals in those properties, unfortunately, again, were the most frail and they were the most affected by, by COVID. When you got into senior housing, depending on the level of frailty, the impact was less. So, for example, in independent living, as I described earlier, the incidence of like mortality affected um, people in independent living is the same as it did in the general community at large. So you weren't at any higher risk than you would have been in you were in the community at large. And so we tried to really distinguish between skilled nursing and the rest of the industry in terms of care for seniors. I'm in the process of doing a second phase as well, which will really try to take into account the differences in health conditions if you're in the community at large versus in senior housing to really define and see what, what happened for people. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the vaccines were a game changer. Mm-hmm. And the early data would suggest that once the vaccines really came into place, and that would have been in like December and January 2021, December 20 and January 21, there was a big difference in terms of how people in senior housing properties made out, largely because they most most older people actually, especially if you're senior, they, they brought you the vaccine, so it was pretty easy to to access, and we saw that made a big difference in protecting people from getting ill after COVID. So it was the skilled nursing that took the, the biggest hit reputation-wise and, and really not the others? Well, no, the senior housing also did take, did take a hit mm-hmm. um, in terms of people not wanting to necessarily feel um, safe there. But to your point, in fact, they might have been more protected because there were a lot more safety precautions that were being put into place. Yeah. And we saw a pretty significant bounce back in the second half of 2021, which would suggest that there might have been some pent-up demand that once people felt good and once the regulations were, were lifted a little bit, once we had the vaccines, that there was a flood of people that came back in because we had the strongest demand ever in the second half of last year. Yeah. Well, that leads to a question, Beth, the audience may have about <clears throat> full recovery. And if and if full recovery is what back to pre-COVID, that was what you said, uh, 87? That, yeah, that would have been in um, the first quarter of uh, 2020. Yep. And the occupancy was close to 90 no, occupancy at that point was much closer to um, – uh, sorry, I'm going to grab the number again here. 80s. Yeah, it was 80.7. Um, sorry, 
87.2. Yeah, so 87%. So when do we get back to that, Beth, the good, the good old days? Well, um, I th- well, here's, here's a perspective, right? It took one year or four quarters, one year, to, for occupancy to tumble 9.2 percentage points. Okay, that would have been for the first quarter 20 to the first quarter 21. In the four quarters of one year subsequent to that, we, we gained two and a half percentage points of that. So it's not snapping back as fast as you might think. And and some of that reflects the fact that it's not just the demand, those those units that came back into the market that had to be filled, but there's also been inventory that's come into the market. So in my view, it's it we won't get back to that level of occupancy in, in um, 2022 and maybe not in 2023 and probably be on that into 2024 period. But it does vary by market yeah. significantly. And it does vary significantly by uh, whether it's IL or AL. And it varies a lot by um, who the operator is because those those are averages. And there's a number of um, properties that actually maintained occupancy levels above 90 percent during this whole period, despite the fact that there was COVID. Um, and that's pretty interesting in and of itself. So more specifically, if I look at um, the data for senior housing in um, – the first quarter of 2022, there were a full 30% of properties that had occupancy rates above 90%. So, and then of course the opposite end of that is that there were about 40% that had occupancy rates below 80%. So it varies a lot. So like all of real estate, what's our mantra is location, location, location. <laughs> and then senior housing, you add another layer to that, it's operator, 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 and location, 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 because it's such a uh, um, you know, uh, uh, operating related, uh, operating intensive business. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because that uh, certainly makes a huge difference in really all of real estate uh, operations are so important, but way more so, I think, in uh, hospitality and in uh, uh, senior housing. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you know, affordability uh, impacting uh, senior housing because, you know, at, at on the outside looking in, it would seem like the high growth in values of people's homes would be beneficial to the senior housing group, right? Uh, that's the business overall, because now your your home's worth a lot more and you can sell it and then go into some great senior housing. Is is that helping? And what is the affordability looking like right now? Yeah, that's absolutely helping for those people who have homes. So if they have equity, um, the, certainly the appreciation we've seen in the last year across the U.S., pretty much regardless of the market, will definitely help support um, senior housing and people often use the equity of their house to help support, help um, pay for senior housing. Um, but that's not all people who all people don't own their homes and they don't all have equity in their house. So we've done a lot of work at Nick trying to really look at what we call the forgotten middle. And those are the people who can't really afford today's pricing for very long. And they have too much income to really afford to be on Medicaid um, to be able to help supply and support them in housing and care needs as they get old. So we're focusing a lot on that. We have been for about the last three years, and I'm happy to say that there are a number of operators now who are really um, focusing on that themselves. And we're starting to see the industry mature. And what that means is much like the hotel industry, where you have a Motel 6 all the way up to the Ritz, Carlton, you're starting to see that happen in senior housing too, so that operators are choosing the price point and the acuity level that they really want to focus on and specialize on. So you're seeing some very ultra luxury product being developed in New York, among other main large 24-7 type cities. 
And then you're seeing a lot of housing and care options being created for the this middle market cohort um, as well. And then sort of the more traditional senior housing that we normally think about. So I've been in the industry a long time, so it's really fun to see and watch and exciting to see and watch this as a sector sort of growing as it should to be able to satisfy the needs of all uh, seniors in America. Yeah. Well, um, Beth, what about um, new supply and new construction? I assume that took a little bit of a dip uh, over the last year or so. Uh, What did you really see there? And then what do you see, see now? It definitely slowed down. So right after COVID started, you saw a lot of banks pull back on their lending, especially for new construction. There was such uncertainty and fear about what might happen. We never experienced a pandemic like this ever, at least in our lifetimes. (laughs) Um, So you saw banks pull back, which meant that there was a lot less money put out for new construction activity, which meant that there are fewer starts that broke ground, which now translated a year and a half to two years later into fewer and less inventory growth. So that's that's helping. That's sort of a tailwind right now, helping support um, new occupancy and higher occupancy rates. Going forward, we're starting to see that starts again are starting to they've hit their bottom and starts are coming up again. And that's going to translate into new inventory growth again, um, but probably not this year and probably sometime into the next year and beyond that. So there's a little window right here where inventory growth is slowing. But um, it will be coming, and there's a lot of interest by uh, capital providers and developers and lenders and operators to create new housing and options. And it's a good thing. New supply is good because it brings out you know, new architecture designs. It's taking into account some of the uh, need we have for new designs related to COVID, related to safety and infection control. But you have to do it in a measured way, and that's always a fear. I know, like in a market, you're in Atlanta. And Atlanta tends to be a little bit more pro-growth than other parts of the country. So there's a constant um, new, new supply that's constantly coming in to satisfy the new population and all the population growth that Atlanta has. I've done studies in Atlanta, and demand for seniors housing is very strong, very, very strong. But the occupancy rates always tend to be a little bit lower than national, and it's because you also have a lot of optimistic developers. <laughs> so the developers are always a little bit ahead of where the demand is, and it eventually gets filled. But as a result, those occupancy rates tend to stay a little bit uh, more moderated than do at the national level. Yeah. And Beth, that kind of brings into question uh, property values, right? So to uh, what do you see for senior housing property values overall? And if you don't mind kind of looking back at 19, you know, through now uh, yeah, and so, how the trend has been. So I think valuations right now, especially for best in class um, markets with best in class operators, they've definitely held up. Um, to where they were uh, pre-COVID. Um, I think the, the less, um, uh, less uh, desirable locations or less um, strong operators probably are seeing some type of evaluation decline, but not, not by very much. There's a lot of capital sitting on the sidelines coming in, waiting to come into senior housing, and that's putting some floor underneath where cap rates and values are, at least so, so far. Now, of course, we have interest rates rising, and they usually commiserate with, you know, changes in valuations and changes in cap rates. And so far, at least, now we've only seen, you know, on the low end, what the Fed's increased rates by 75 basis points at this point. Um, I haven't seen a lot of changes thus far in the cap rates. Yeah, and we were talking about that earlier. So, um, yeah, I think uh, when the second quarter results come out on sales, I think, 
I imagine we'll start seeing some cap rate increases, uh, at least some bit of an uptick based on the underwriting that we're seeing, you know, as brokers doing deals every day. Uh, we're certainly seeing uh, investors um, and uh, principals really adjusting underwriting for higher cost of funds. Um, and there's, a, there's also, a, you know, a squeeze on NOI, which is having an impact on cap rates as well. So in the senior housing industry, you know, we saw occupancy rates again fall, you know, nine percentage points. And that obviously had an impact on revenues. And at the same time, expenses have gone up pretty significantly for senior housing operators related to just the acquisition of PPE, you know, the personal protection equipment, infection, sanitary control, different systems. Insurance costs have gone up. Not that's not just senior housing and everything. And then, of course, you know the the, the latest uh, four-letter word, I guess, but it's more than four letters is inflation, right? And that's affecting all sorts of things in in uh, from an expense point of view. So we're starting to see a real squeeze. We have seen a real squeeze in NOI. Um, and labor expenses are, are very significant. Um, the BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics, tracks the average hourly earnings for assisted living workers going up, you know, more than 8% on a year-over-year basis. So that's that's hard to, to, uh, um, to absorb if you're an operator, especially if you're a smaller operator. So that's having an impact on um, NOI and then ultimately values. Yeah. And of course, demographics have a, a huge impact on commercial real estate and and uh, and certainly senior housing. But when it comes to the the big group, the baby boomers, they're really not in the prime age yet, right? For uh, senior housing. No, we've been chasing it for a long time. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been in the industry for 25 years, right. I think. We've always been talking about the baby boomers. The baby boomers are coming, but they're coming. They're much closer now than they than they used to be. So if you think about the baby boomers, they were born between 1946 and 1964. So the oldest baby boomer today in the year 2022 is 76. So typically you think of someone going into senior housing as at least over 80 and maybe, you know, 83 to 85. If I look specifically at the 80 plus cohort, that, that's got a lot of growth coming Um so you have to think when you think about the baby boomers and that growth, you have to go back to the 1930s because that's when this group was born, right? And the and the the low point of those birth rates happened in about 1933, and then they start to come up, and then they really accelerate by 1946 after the World War II, and vets came home and a lot of babies were made, <laughs> and so that that's impacting the demographics that we have today. So for example, if I look just at the 80 plus population. In the year 2021, there are about 325,000 people that added to the 80-plus cohort. By 2027, that's a million. Wow. So there's a big push coming. Now, maybe maybe that's 2027 is a million new people who are 80. Maybe that won't really hit senior housing for a year or two beyond that. But it's definitely coming, and it's definitely closer than it was the last time we would have talked about this. Yeah, that's... That, uh... That's pretty amazing. Well, what tips would you leave our uh, audience with, Beth? Uh, let's say that you're an operator. Um, what, what kind of tips would you uh, think about for them? Well, probably the biggest challenge in our industry right now is staffing. And, you know, nationally, the unemployment rate is 3.6%. Before COVID, it was 3.5%. So we're almost back to the levels of tightness in the labor market that we were before the pandemic. And it's challenging. Um, and if I look at you know, we're still about 1% below that pre-pandemic employment level at the national level. But in the senior housing industry, we're about 7% below that prior peak. 
in the skilled nursing industry, about 15% below that prior peak. So the people haven't rushed back into, into this sector. And uh, we need to change the value proposition for what it means to work in senior housing. It's an incredible opportunity and privilege to work with older people, in my view, because um, they're fountains of wisdom and they're, you know, they've experienced a lot of life. And they're really, fun, you know, not everybody, obviously, but just as a normal population, a lot of older people are really fun. But it's hard work. And, and, you know, it's very intimate work, too. So it doesn't not everybody is, is geared up for it. But I think we need to um, continue to try to respond in a really innovative and, and thoughtful way to, of how we can bring workers into senior housing and then keep them in senior housing. And there's a lot of universities now that have programs trying to teach more the management level for senior housing. If you're a young person, it's a great industry to get into. You can become an executive director who is like who is a person who runs a property much more quickly than you can become, you know, the head of a hotel, um, a single hotel manager type of position. And you're doing something where you're doing good while doing well, and doing well while doing good. So, so you can see I pitched. I try to pitch this a lot because because it doesn't sound so great for a lot of people to move into senior housing, but it's it's a really good industry, hard work. But I think pretty rewarding at the end of the day. So that's one of the biggest challenges, I think. And that's a lot of operators are facing that head on mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what kind of culture they can create, what type of wage rates and what type of benefits that they should be offering, educational opportunities and career path. So that's probably the top of mind for almost every operator out there, honestly. Yeah. Well, those are some good tips to try to uh, get get through this employment issue, uh, especially in, the, in your industry and in, in the senior housing industry. And I know from from our guys, um, Ernie and Shane, and meeting uh, the, our clients who develop and own these properties and their employees uh, and leadership, it, there's, it's really good people to work around. Um, you know, not just the, 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 the customers or the clients, if you will, the residents, but uh, just the people you work around. And that, that can make a, uh, a big difference. Beth, what about a tip for developers out there who are developing a new product? So, as I said, I think that the opportunity for new development and new architecture and engineering designs in different locations, it's, it's a really exciting time because you have a whole new customer. Everybody's trying to figure out the secret code for the baby boomer. Like, what do they want? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that anybody has quite figured that out. But what an opportunity! You have this huge cohort. Where he, I mean, inevitably they have to they have to have a care and housing as they get older. So if you can sit back and try to figure out what it is that they want and and apply to that, you have an endless opportunity as a developer. And if you can figure out how to provide it for middle income seniors. You can you'll have endless, endless demand, in my view, because that's a group of people that really need care and housing options as they age. So my advice to a developer would be to um, really think about what it is that people want. If you're going after middle middle market, do they need the granite countertops? Do they need three meals a day on tablecloths? Maybe yes, maybe no. They tend to be more thrifty. People, they tend to be, you know, watching their money a little bit more closely. So maybe they don't need those granite countertops and things like that. And then I would say the other thing is to really roll up your sleeves and make sure that you understand entitlement processes and what is potential new competition going forward. So don't just drive the land. Make sure that you go and you understand what could be potential new competition if they were to tear down that shopping center across the street. Can it be converted to senior housing to understand that process? Because you don't want to have, to the degree you can help it, head-on-head -head competition is that close. 
But I think that the demand drivers are definitely there. And especially, again, for the middle market, um, huge demand potential. And I think people, uh, developers and operators and bankers and equity providers really need to figure that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, good point. And I think one of the things that baby boomers are going to want uh, is technology. Um, I was surprised that the, really the lack of technology, in my opinion, and some of the newer facilities uh, that I've toured, you know, wh what, what are you really seeing out there? Well, COVID was really fabulous, actually. It was an accelerator for a lot of technology, um, certainly in telehealth and telemedicine got accelerated during COVID that you could be someone in a senior housing property and be able to talk to your, your doctor. You could have uh, somebody in aid help you figure out, you have to take your blood pressure and things like that. So we definitely saw that. We saw an enormous amount of use of technology as a socialization tool of families to connect with each other. We saw technology again within properties of, of helping to communicate with residents um, or if you want to, you know, you see now food menus on their iPads. Most, you know, a lot of residents have iPads that connect into some main or a larger system within the, within the organization. Huge difference in terms of how technology helped um, uh, do touring, for example. People couldn't walk properties because it wasn't safe. So a lot of recruiting uh, or potential sales um, efforts happened over the Internet and happened over being able to do visual walkthroughs of properties. And then, of course, there's a huge amount of technology that's being developed to help operators create dashboards to understand what's going on in their systems and, you know, all technology related to that. And, you know, it, it goes on forever. There's a really great, um, I live in Boston, so there's an MIT aging lab, which focuses on nothing but technology related to getting older. Um, there's a group called Aging 2.0 that does the same thing. So there's a lot of, a lot of effort being focused on technology and how it can um, help with, with some of the staffing issues that we talked about, the use of robotics, for example. So a whole range of technology, which is pretty, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and I would think that uh, you know, some people may think, well, I don't know that my grandma is going to be able to uh, um, use an iPad but to your point, if the baby boomers are kind of what we're getting ready for, I mean, certainly I would think. Most and you might be you might be yeah. surprised. Yeah. My mother, she was passed away now, but when she was ninety, she was using iPad. She was doing it all. Well, she okay. <laughs> they might be surprised. They they yeah a lot of that they're pretty. A lot of people are really want to stay quote, with the times too. So yeah, and some of this technology is obviously for the children, right? To interact and and, and mm -hmm. to see and use and and know that it's being used. Yeah, a lot of a lot of remote monitoring is happening for safety. Uh, fall, you know, fall, you know, maybe wearing an iPad, um, an iWatch, um, an Apple Watch or something like that. That's helping you track. You can you can use an iWatch now for um, helping you track whether you fall and things like that. So a lot of remote monitoring that's starting to happen as well. Great. And Beth, uh, as we finalize the show here for today. Um, I know our senior housing group are members of Nick, and we love what you guys do. And 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 uh, so, who else? Who who out there should be uh, members of Nick and involved with you guys? Well, so we're not a member organization. We're a five hundred one c three organization. Um, and how you support Nick is actually we're coming to our conferences, and there's a fee associated with coming to the conferences. The next conference is going to be held at the Marriott Marquis in Washington D.C from September 14th to 16th. 
this is, you know, I've been going to Nick conferences for a really long time. And it's pretty much the who's who involved in seniors housing. And if you're new to the industry or if you're a veteran, it's where you get to see your friends and colleagues and the people who you do business with. Um, there are educational uh, sessions as well to keep people informed of, of sort of latest things that are going on. So, um, you know, the best way to describe it, again, is if, if you really want to be involved in the industry, um, you should try to attend the conference. It's it's about 3,000 people, three to 4,000 people that, that come. And um, you would think that it's that it's just a really nice camaraderie and people yeah. get to talk with each other and things like that. There's also a lot of really, as I mentioned, really good free information on our website. We have a a series of blog posts that we update every every couple times a week. Uh, again, this is free at www.nic.org. Uh, we have an insider newsletter where we interview with the most senior people in the industry. Um, lots of good information if you're new or if you're experienced in the industry of keeping track of trends and um, upcoming events. Yeah, Ernie, uh, who works with Shane here in our shop, Ernie just loves all the information he can get give from you guys at Nick. So he's a real great. proponent out there, you guys. Good. Thanks, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beth, thanks for joining us. Great information. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye, all everyone. Right. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. We appreciate uh, you sharing the show, and we would love to hear from you. Reach out to us at any time. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty, for proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is Michael at BullRealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.